Welcome to Immigration Nerds. This podcast is for everyone seeking the details, context, and facts behind the banner headlines on immigration. It's the podcast that gives you the latest on immigration policy and politics and the real world impacts on the people and businesses that make our world turn. If you believe immigration makes us all better, then this is the podcast for you. Brought to you by the nerds at Erickson Immigration Group, guiding clients and their employees through the complex immigration system for over 20 years. Hello, immigration nerds. I'm Lauren Clark, senior attorney at Erickson Immigration Group. I am a fellow nerd, an immigrant, and host of this amazing podcast. Today, we are talking about compliance, specifically how to successfully comply with updated I-9 verification procedures in this post-COVID period. I should note, of course, that this I-9 discussion is not legal advice, and all companies and employees need to consult with their HR and or employment counsel for specific questions. It was on May 5th, 2023, Lauren, that the Department of Homeland Security announced the update to the COVID-related I-9 flexibilities that had been in place since March 2020. And that update, Adam Belmar, set a deadline of July 31st, 2023 to the end of virtual completion of the I-9. Plus the requirement that any I-9s that were virtually completed between March 2020 and July 31st of this year must now complete in-person verification. And that must be completed by employers by August 30th, 2023. That is correct, Adam. You are just the right immigration nerd podcast producer I need helping out today because we're going to cover the background on what the I-9 flexibilities were, what this update means for employers and employees, and what else we can expect post-July 31st. But before we jump into I-9s, Lauren, a bit of news, perhaps? Of course. Firstly, it's June and it's Pride Month. And Ericsson Immigration Group is celebrating with our colleagues, clients, and friends as we honor the progress made towards equal rights, while we also recommit to pursuing equality and equity for all. Indeed. And a little history here, courtesy of the Library of Congress, Lauren. And they, by the way, have a comprehensive LGBTQ plus legal resources guide on their website. And of course, the link is in our show notes. But on the history of Pride Month, the first Pride March was in New York City, and it was held June 28th, 1970. And that was on the one-year anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising, something I was not personally aware of, but I looked it up. It was a series of spontaneous protests by members of the gay community in the Greenwich Village section of Manhattan in 1969. And it was in response to a police raid that became violent. But I was just amazed to learn that all of the estimates, Lauren, about crowd size that day, there were about three to 5,000 marchers on that inaugural Pride March in New York City. And ever since 1970, LGBTQ plus people continue to gather in June to march with Pride and demonstrate for equal rights. Wow. Thank you for that historical context from the Library of Congress. I looked at the LGBTQ plus legal resources guide, and it really is a beginner's guide intended to simplify the research process and provide some helpful resources for those interested in the laws surrounding gender identity and sexual orientation, which do not fall into a singular category. In fact, they involve multiple areas of law, including family law, employment law, immigration law, 
juvenile law, tax law, and health law, among many others. Wow, good stuff. We're we're in full nerd mode today, Lauren. But Adam, before we dive in, I want to give some recognition to Ericsson Immigration Group. I am always a proud member of the Ericsson Immigration Group team. However, I am more so now that Sarah Mount's 2023 Best Law Firms for Women and Diversity has been announced, with Ericsson Immigration Group being named among the 50 firms that earn spots on the Best Law Firms for Women and Diversity. This award recognizes firms that utilize best practices in recruiting, retaining, promoting, and developing women lawyers and lawyers from underrepresented groups, including people of color. I am beyond proud to announce that Ericsson has received this recognition and as a woman employee of Ericsson Immigration Group can tell you it is well-deserved. So with that, let's get on with the show. Wow, that's great news, Lauren, and I appreciate you fitting that in there. We need to hear that kind of stuff. Now, regular listeners to this podcast know that you and Rob Taylor touched on this I-9 story in our last episode. But since that time, you led a LinkedIn interactive webinar on the topic. That we did, and we got terrific feedback on that live. And now we have even more updated information to share. So this special I-9 verification deadline episode is going out to all you immigration nerds out there hungry for more of the details. All right, I'm ready. Should we back up and get ahead of steam here, Lauren? Of course. For the benefit of everybody listening, what is the I-9 form and what context can you give us on what exactly changed on the verification rules over the past few years and, and why they did that? So firstly, the I-9 verification is required for all employees. And I emphasize the all there as we kind of think of the I-9 verifications attaching just to immigrants. But an I-9 verification is required for all new employees, regardless of your immigration status. So regardless of whether you're an American citizen, an American permanent residence, or hold work authorization pursuant to a non-immigration status, you would have or will need to complete an I-9 verification form when you start new employment. Now, pre-COVID-19, we were obviously going into offices and that process was done in person on your first or close to your first day in the office. As we know, during the COVID-19 period, many of us had to transition into work from home arrangements or were hired as remote workers, which meant there wasn't necessarily an option to complete the physical I-9 verification that we normally would have on our first day. So in light of this, the UCIS and DHS acknowledged the fact that physical verification was not necessarily possible and allowed for flexibilities where it was remote verification or non-physical verification of the I-9 form. I know all of government was reacting quickly. They did this very fast, didn't they? Was it even back to March they recognized that this would be necessary in 2020? Correct. So we're talking about the implementation of these flexibilities in March of 2020. Now, fast forward through to 2023, we saw the formal announcement that COVID-19 is over. And as such, the government is now reacting to that announcement and is ending those flexibilities, giving us the dates that we previously mentioned at the top of this episode. So for the immigration nerd out there with no background on this topic, it's kind of like the rules were one way before they got changed on account of COVID, and now they're, they're going back, but that deadline's coming up real quick. Correct. 
And so what one of the key things that we now need to acknowledge about the I-9 verification is, although there was that change in rules, the government is now asking us to go back and apply the pre-COVID rules to all of those I-9 verifications that have happened from March 2020 through to July 31st if they were not done with physical inspection of your I-9 documents. Oh my goodness. So everybody has an I-9. Anybody who started a new job after March of 2020 is potentially in this pool. And listening to the language that you're using, this is something of concerned individuals, but this is very much a responsibility and compliance for their employers, right? That's exactly correct, Adam. And it's probably one of the most important reasons why we're covering this topic again in the podcast. So in regards to the obligation, it is on your employer to ensure that your I-9 form is completed correctly. And then in regards to this particular topic, that it is re-verified in regards to the flexibilities ending on July 31st. So a lot to take in, and I'm sure everybody who's listening is starting to question, okay, not getting too worried, but I do see these deadlines coming. So how does anybody know if their I-9 is compliant? Definitely, Adam. And I, we have seen a lot of feedback from the live that we did from employees wanting to know how to do this verification or how to know if they should be doing re-verification. And while we can definitely appreciate that concern and that desire to being compliant from the employee, it really is on the employer to initiate and complete this process. And so while the recommendation would be, you know, reach out to your HR or your contact person with your employer to verify, understand that there may be a large volume that they're going to be working with. And what our recommendation is, is for employers that there are a few steps that they can take to get this process completed in a timely manner particularly as we're aware, we have that August 30th date coming fast. I guess to break it down, first step or the first takeaway for employers is that they're going to want to identify the population that are going to need the re-verification of their I-9 documents. Companies cannot discriminate based on race, gender, ethnicity, or any other attribute. And the easy part of this is that if you were being compliant during that flexibility period, so that March 2020 through to July 31st period, and you had completed the I-9 form correctly, you actually would have annotated those forms and indicated that they were done in relation to COVID-19 flexibilities. And that annotation would have been marked in section two of the I-9 form. Yeah, this is a very important element, I guess, for everybody to recognize on the employer side. If you were doing this right and following the rules all along, identifying those I-9s that are going to require an update should be nothing short of a simple search situation. A hundred percent, Adam. Now, even in the case of maybe you weren't as compliant or you want to double check that the I-9s were done correctly during that period, the nice thing is, is that we do have that window of time in which you could identify any I-9 that was completed. And again, that was March 2020 through to current day or July 31st. I can see one red flag that is probably going up and that's got questions coming into Ericsson. And that's what happens if you're a smaller business, perhaps, and you have a third party or I-9 services vendor. Is this a hot potato? Who's got the football in trying to get this compliance ready? So the use of a third-party vendor for I-9 verification is not new. We see it with many of our clients and there are many services out there offering I-9 verification. 
Now, ultimately, they are likely to assist employers in re-completing this I-9 verification process, but the ultimate obligation still remains with the employer. There is a lot to do when you are an employer and you are being compliant with immigration laws. Don't sleep on the I-9. That's your big takeaway. The other big takeaway, I think, for our listeners right now is if this is not something that is directly germane to you, but you think it might be to your company, you're going to want to share this episode. You're going to want to recommend to your HR department that they listen to Immigration Nerds podcast, Lauren. So I had the opportunity to listen in to the LinkedIn Live. And something that I thought was fascinating that I think our, our listeners are going to want to know more about is that some of those flexibilities that made it possible to be in compliance during the COVID period are kind of also available right now, depending on an employer-approved process for remedying the situation. Hopefully I didn't muddy that, but give us a sense of, of what that's all about. Yeah, so I, I think what you're getting towards is the options for I-9 verification where you simply don't have an option to come into the office. And that's a very real situation, an employment situation for many individuals who were hired during the COVID-19 period. Some companies have a large workforce that are going to be 100% remote, even post-July 31st, post-August 30th, or they have complete workforces that are 100% remote. And so for them, the I-9 verification process still needs to happen regardless of the flexibilities are ending. And so one of the options that may have been utilized during the COVID-19 period was the use of an authorized agent. And what we mean by an authorized agent is essentially anyone that has been designated by your employer to allow for physical inspection of your I-9 documents. So this is sometimes referred to as a family or friend in that you could ask a family or friend to inspect your I-9 documents and complete the relevant sections of your I-9 form. Now, this option doesn't go away with the end of the flexibilities. It still remains a valid option post the dates that we have been mentioning. However, it is up to your employer to dictate who they are going to authorize as an agent. So a lot of questions that we have seen come up is, can I go and get a friend and family to do this for me? And the answer to that is, it depends on your employer. If your employer is authorizing a friend or family option, then by all means, yes. And there's guidance on how they would go about completing your I-9 form. That's really important. If it's an opportunity and you're in that right scenario, it makes a lot of sense. But if you think it's a dealer's choice as the employee, well, you'd be wrong. Exactly. Well, the, one of the things that we want to bring to the table for this podcast special on I-9 verification deadline are some scenarios that really help people understand a fundamental question, right, about whether they can use the same documents that they originally used to complete their I-9 verification. Can you take us into the most nerdy inner part of today's episode, please? Oh, Adam, we are definitely getting our immigration nerd on today. So when we look at I-9 verification and the situations that are likely to emerge due to the end of these flexibilities, it falls into kind of four categories. Firstly, you may have the same reviewer and the same documents that you use when you originally completed your I-9 verification. In which case then, you can simply have the person who is reviewing or physically inspecting your documents update the I-9 form with documents physically examined and the date and initial. The second scenario could be that you have the same reviewer, but different documents. Uh, and this could be that you either just have renewed those documents, maybe you have uh, different identity documents that you wish to use, 
In which case, the annotation on the Form I-9 remains the same. They list documents physically examined, dated, and initialed. Now, the last two sections is where we're looking at a different reviewer, but the same documents, or a different reviewer and different documents. In which case, the annotation that's going onto your Form I-9 is slightly different, in that they're still going to say that the document's physically examined and it's dated, but they will also need to include their full name as well as their title, if any. Well, there you have it, nerds. You're going to want to check with your lawyer on this one. That matrix was fantastic, and I followed you the whole way, but I also realized that I'm not sure I've ever seen my own I-9, Lauren. And for many individuals, that's the same. You completed your I-9 and you forgot about it. Uh, and that is why, at this point in time, the obligation or the onus is really on your employer as I mentioned, they're going to identify the individuals who need their I-9 re-verified. They're going to reach out to you, providing you with what the options are for that I-9 re-verification, including whether or not that may include a friends and family. And ultimately, they're going to receive your I-9 form back and review it for all compliance measures. What if you come face-to-face -face in the wild with a new I-9 and you've got to complete this thing and you're feeling scared and you remember, oh wait, this is the last thing they talked about on that great episode of Immigration Nerds. Is there guidance there for everybody on how to complete these things properly? Yes. The I-9 form comes with great instructions if you are completing this for the first time and not needing to do any adjustments for the flexibilities. If, however, you are someone who had their I-9 verified during that March 2020 through to July 31st of this year period, you're going to want to access the UCIS website. On that website, there are three applicable guides that are going to be super helpful in completing your I-9 form. One includes a standard, which is available always, acceptable documents that can be used for your I-9 verification. Another one is an FAQ regarding remote verification. And the last one, which is going to be the most useful for your I-9 re-verification, provides I-9 examples with that matrix we previously discussed. And they're all available from the UCIS website, but we will definitely link those in the show notes. I have one more question. I know you made it clear that it's okay if you're concerned or interested in your own situation and how this all gets resolved and whether the deadlines are met. Nobody wants to be penalized. But as a lawyer, when it comes to liability here, this, this compliance issue is really resting again on the employers. Is that correct? Yes. The employer has the ultimate obligation to ensure that your I-9 verification is completed correctly, that your form and records are completed and also maintained according to the regulations. So I'm sure that many employers, regardless of whether they have immigration counsel or a legal counsel, are following immigration nerds, the live or at least government guidance to ensure that they meet those deadlines of the end of flexibilities on July 31st and the need to have completed re-verification by August 30th. Yeah, those deadlines are really coming up. I'm glad we took the time to walk everybody through this and point them in the right direction today, Lauren. Definitely. Thanks to all you nerds out there listening. We appreciate you sharing the show. It's working. You can track everything going on at Ericsson Immigration Group on our website, eiglaw.com. And remember, if you believe immigration makes us all better, then this is the podcast for you. Subscribe and meet us right back here for another new episode of Immigration Nerds.